fame, fortune, power, influence, and money. From the outside looking in, today's celebrities seem to have it all. But as the Shakespearean line goes, all that glistens is not gold. And we want to take a look behind the curtain at the sad reality of the darkness and depression of so many of these stars and idols and the true misery of celebrity. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of stars, whether that is in Tinseltown or on the football field or basketball court or wherever they may be found. But before we do, we want to ask you to please make sure to subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel. We try to put out at least a couple videos a week to try to edify the body of Christ and also bring the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And you can also leave a five-star review on whatever format you might be using for podcasting. And if you feel so led, you can also join us because plenty of people are asking, hey, how can we give to the ministry? One of the great ways you can do that is go to patreon.com and become a patron there, patreon.com slash goodfight. But with all of that, what we want to get into right away are a number of different celebrities who are basically saying the same thing over and over when it comes to all of the money, all of the fame, everything that they have, and ultimately they're finding that they just don't have any fulfillment in it. I was so unhappy last year, and even the beginning of this year, I was so unhappy, and I was so, like, joyless. Why? Why were you unhappy? I just, I don't know. I think there, I mean, there were so many, so many reasons. It all was because I was actually clinically depressed. That was the beginning of it. But then on top of it was this fame that I didn't want at the time. I was in Berlin and I was alone in my hotel. And I remember there was like a window right there. And I like, God, I remember crying because I was thinking about how the way that I was going to die was I was going to do it. I don't want to be too dark, but I genuinely didn't think I would, like, make it to, like, 17. You didn't think you'd make it to 17? No. But did you think that you would do something to yourself? Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. I'm always depressed, all the time. Um, I have to constantly bring myself out of it. Like, I wake up depressed, but, like, I'm like, okay, now I know my steps because, like, you learn from the real. Like, now I have to go outside and be in the sun for a little bit or go for a walk or, like, start the day this way. It's all just programming yourself to trick your brain, you know? Were you ever suicidal? Yeah, all the time. But I can't because I got a mom and a sister and, like, a family. So, like, I've always been suicidal, but I've never had, like, the balls, you know, Um, which I'm very... Uh, lucky. This stage was actually the first time that I was authentically 100% honest with all of you. I think it's safe to say that most of you know a lot of my life, whether I liked it or not. And I had to stop because I, I had everything and I was absolutely broken inside. And I kept it all together enough to where I would never let you down, but I kept it too much together to where I let myself down. You know, I walked yeah, into yeah. this, uh, my life was on fire. I was walking out of hell. It wasn't like I, you know, I willingly came in here on a, on a white horse singing, 
uh, show tunes. I came in here on fire and, and I didn't want to be an actor anymore. And my life was a mess, complete mess. And I had hurt a lot of people and I felt deep shame, deep guilt. I didn't like to go outside much. I really, like, I had a, I had a, a yearning not be here anymore. Yeah, so I got to the point where I went a bit mad. I was completely suicidal, didn't want to live anymore. I thought that I was completely alone. I also realized how lucky I was and what a wonderful family, wonderful friends I had, but that didn't matter. I wanted the world to swallow me up and nothing seemed better to me than death, which is completely insane. I started valuing the wrong things in this business because there was things dangling in front of me. If I get this, I'll be happy. If I do this, I'll be happy. There was a time where I was sipping lean. I was popping pills. I was doing molly, um, you know, shrooms, everything. And it was just an escape for me. I was just young, you know, like everybody in the industry and people in the world who experiment and do, you know, just normal growing up things. But my experience was in front of cameras and I had a different level of exposure and people and like I had a lot of money and a lot of things so then you have all these people around me just kind of hanging on wanting stuff from me knowing that like I was living this lifestyle that they also wanted to live drinking smoking I decided to stop because I felt like I was like I felt like bro I was like dying my security and stuff were coming into the room at night to check my pulse like people don't know how serious it got like it was legit crazy scary. I was waking up in the morning and the first thing I was doing is popping pills and smoking a blunt and starting my day. Demons that are known as addiction and depression are very, very real. You can't see depression. You can't see addiction. It festers inside. It takes over your body, your mind, your soul. Every single band member on the stage has dealt with those feelings, with those demons. And I miss the friends that we've lost. Miss Chester, Miss Scott, Miss Chris. And if I can be completely honest with you, a couple months ago, I almost joined them. Addiction and depression can happen to anyone, ladies and gentlemen. No one is immune from it, no matter how beautiful their life may look from the outside, no matter how blessed they may seem. You could go to 16-year-old Rain Wilson, like, what's your dream? Live in New York City, be paid to be an actor, have cool friends, have a beautiful girlfriend, live in a loft, and uh, have a van, and, like, collaborate artistically with really cool people. I mean, I was living my dream and I was miserable. I was just like, what the f is going on? Like, why, why am I waking up at three in the morning just like staring at the wall? Why am I considering suicide? Like, what? How, this doesn't make any f sense. Mm. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm living my dream. Mm -hmm. This is what you wanted. That started a long, slow process of me reinvestigating faith, God, and religion. Wow, I think one of the things you're going to see right away there is that as much as all the fame and all the fortune, it sounds really good on the surface. The, the truth is all of that depression, all of that sadness is because they haven't found the truth. 
Uh, many of them are still even trying to search for other means to get to the truth. Even that last clip there with Rain Wilson talking about that, he ended up going into the Baha'i faith. And so one of the things we wanted to do on this show is talk not only about those in Tinseltown and so forth, but later we're going to be talking about sports stars as well that deal with the same exact problems. And to do that, what we want to do is bring a pastor's point of view on that. So we're going to bring Pastor Joe Schimmel on right now to discuss some of these stars who he's been researching for a number of years, not only about their witchcraft and some of their debaucherous stuff that they're pressing in front of our faces, but also the fact that where it's all led. So Joe, 511 News. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some really interesting dynamics at play, Chad, because on one hand, those who know Christ know that you can't have true joy without Christ. We've been without Christ, and we have Christ, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, and so forth, right? Uh, and the Scriptures say those who long for money will not be satisfied with money. And even in Hollywood, they've kind of admitted that truth before. John Candy played in that bobsled movie, you know, uh, and he says at one point, you know, if you're not happy before you get the gold medal, you won't be happy when you get the gold medal. In other words, they know deep down that things of this world, sex, drugs, rock and roll, doesn't doesn't satisfy the soul. Only God can satisfy the soul. So, Chad, I think it's interesting that when you look at the biggest artist ever, and we're looking at huge artists and biggest sports guys today and so forth, but uh, if you look at like the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, uh, I mean, he's at the pinnacle of success when people think, man, he has these girls just fainting and falling all over him and all his money and fame, and, and he's got to be happy, and he was so depressed, and he said to his pastor, from uh, who had been his pastor when he was young, he obviously turned away from Christ, uh, Pastor James Hamill at the First Assemblies of God, he made this admission. He said this, Pastor, I'm the most miserable young man you've ever seen. I've got all the money I'll ever need to spend. I've got millions of fans. I've got friends. I'm doing what you taught me not to do, and I'm not doing the things you taught me to do. So he, he says he's pretty much the most miserable person you've ever met. And that's just interesting because the biggest rock or biggest band ever, you know, the Beatles, the leader of that band, not talking about just King of Rock and Roll, but the leader of the biggest band ever, John Lennon, he wrote uh, not long before he died, he wrote to a Christian evangelist and he stated this, right after he quoted Money Can't Buy Me Love from their hit song, A Can't Buy Me Love, he stated this, it's true, I want happiness, I don't want to keep on with the drugs, I want out of hell. So here you have two of the biggest, greatest artists ever and they have arrived, so supposedly, you know, according to the world standards, and and they finally got it, you know, and it's defined as these types of things, you know, world and, you know, money and fame and, and women or what depends on who you are, but that's what they aspire for, right, Chad? And it's kind of fascinating to me that when they get it, we know that when you get it, it doesn't satisfy because it we weren't made to be satisfied with it. The Bible says God put eternity in our hearts, so the only one that can fill us is not it, it is him, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, our creator, our redeemer, the lover of our souls. When we have him, and only when we have him and he fills our souls, uh, are our souls satisfied. And it's kind of interesting because it's not only them not having it, meaning having it, but not having him. But Chad, it's interesting too, because these guys, these artists, we've studied them for years and years and years and exposed it, whether it's Elvis Presley claiming to be in touch with a demonic or an entity, which we find out is demonic uh, since his childhood, or John Lennon, who also claimed to be possessed by spirits, or Michael Jackson, who also claimed that he would get his music from spiritual entities. Michael Jackson said at the pinnacle of his success, he says, I believe I'm one of the loneliest people in the world. In fact, he said that he actually studied Elvis Presley because we know he he married uh, that you know Elvis's daughter. 
And he said this, the way Elvis destroyed himself interests me because I don't ever want to walk those grounds myself. And ironically, he saw Elvis as a cautionary tale, but he actually walked in his footsteps, filled himself with drugs and uh, died relatively young like Elvis did. So Chad, they're trying to get more of what's not him, but trying to get more of it, it doesn't satisfy them. And it's, it's tragic, it breaks your heart, but it also shows that these, these people are being used as examples to millions and hundreds of millions, billions of people, and they're leading down this, the, you know, the, a primrose path to hell, actually, and ultimate depression and outer darkness if people don't turn to Christ. Yeah, I think one of the big things, too, when I'm looking at all of these guys saying similar things, these guys and gals, is what's sad are those that are their fans, those who are just adoring them, knowing all of their music, millions and millions of Spotify listeners just meditating on their words day and night, waiting for the next interview, uh, and whatever may come. And what is sad is how many people, and I remember this a long time ago when I was a brand new believer, I saw a, a meme, and it's something that stuck out to me, though, then it said, hey, if you think you got it bad, you got to remember there's somebody from your hometown still trying to make it as a rapper. And I thought, I, I chuckled a little bit at that, but one of the reasons that it really made me sad was I'm looking at this whole scenario that they have where they want to be this big star. They want to be like Snoop Dogg or whatever it may be in whatever line of music they were in. And they want to get up to that place. And they're miserable fighting and running after yeah. trying to become this big celebrity. That's right. And then the very celebrities that they want to be like are miserable. Yeah. They're miserable. They they Amen. you listen to it. It's not just our opinion. It's not just us saying these things. It is their own words saying they just want to end it all. And how many actually have? Whether it is actually going premeditating to take one's own life, or simply by the drugs and alcohol and the lifestyle they live, that they ultimately die long before, you know, and honestly. The guy like Lane Staley, who was the lead singer of Alice in Chains, he had died long before he actually decomposed and died right there because, I mean, he was living with, as some of them said, jars of feces and yeah. so forth. And it's just heartbreaking because he's not the only one. Plenty of them are, you could just go down the line that that was the case. And there are so miserable, and yet they're fans who, guess what? They have their idols that they're looking up to, and they're never going to reach them. And I, I have to be honest, I was a huge Slipknot fan and, and some of these guys, but for me, when it comes to idol worship, before I came to know the Lord, although I was such a huge fan of the metal scene and all that, ultimately for me, it was always going to be the sports stars. I wanted to be the champ. I wanted to be a champion wrestler. I wanted, you know, I was the kid that was imagining myself pitching in the ninth inning for the Dodgers or whatever it may be. And guess what? Those were the guys that typically I would have probably said, oh, I want to be just like them. I want to follow them and, and so forth. But guys, don't think that reaching the pinnacle and winning all the championships, whether it's in football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, I want you to hear this lineup of all-stars ultimately telling you guys exactly where it all led to them when they didn't have Christ. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean... Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. 
wish I knew. Nothing amusing about Rodman's life back in 1993. His new book, Bad As I Wanna Be, page one. Rodman writes of sitting in his pickup truck with a rifle in his lap, deciding whether to kill himself, depressed over having to put on an image that just didn't fit. A lot of people in the world come to a point where they're like, God, I don't wanna do it anymore. I don't wanna, I don't wanna take this. I don't want to burn the pressure and the agony. Psychologically, what, what took you to that point? Oh, this is a combination of a lot of things. It's just not really having anyone to, to confide in, not have anyone to, to be close to, not have anything that was dead, that was, that was rock solid. You wrote in your book to that point, uh, from the outside, I had everything I could want. From the inside, I, I had nothing but an empty soul and a gun in my lap. Well, that's pretty much true. I mean, you know, outside you had everything you want. I mean, just like most athletes, if you look at athletes today, you look at all the guys that want to be this, this holy than thou, um, they're actually, you know, they're actually <laughs> lonely. Suppression is, it's exhausting. Uh, I just wanted to lock myself in a dark room and, and never come out. Um, and there were times where I'd only come out to, to either eat, to, uh, you know, play basketball, to go to work. And that was just kind of my, my outlet, my safe space. So when that's taken away from me, it's even more exhausting. When you get to, to that point and it's day after day being the same, you come to a point where, you know, the darkest moments come into play and, and you know, suicidal thoughts come into play. And that, that the, you know, you start, you know, planning it out and, you know, what would be the, the, the route you would take. And that is, uh, yeah, those are um, really scary moments in my life. You talk about your dad glowingly, but it seemed as if back then it was no, it no. wasn't where it was. It was just a combination of this, that, this, this going on at at seventeen. If anything, it was he's trying to make me understand the bigger picture. And I'm that kid like, I don't wanna understand the bigger picture. I just wanna be a kid. You know, you learn a lot, but at age seventeen and everybody's coming at you. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? And that was it. And finally I was like, you know what? I ain't taking this no more. You ain't want to be here no more? Ah, uh, I ain't really want to say that. You know? <laughs> I ain't really want to say that. You, you, like... It happened. And, you know, from that point on, I was like, you know what? That wasn't fun. Yeah. That wasn't worth it. I think looking back at my career, I, I think I was probably hiding a bunch or compartmentalizing a bunch uh, of the stuff that I was going through just because I, I think I was always taught that we weren't allowed or weren't supposed to show a weakness or yeah. something like that ever because of being an athlete, you're supposed to be strong and be able to push through anything. So um, I think, you know, my struggles carried on through my career and I hit them really well. And you talk about October it, 2014 when you were really on your knees yeah. like you said you didn't leave your house for five days you were going through basic health and you were thinking about ending it yeah what what was happening in that time um, well I just I, I, for me like I, I was so down on myself uh, I didn't have any self-love and and quite honestly I just didn't want to be alive what is your your most sort of um, clear memory from that night what you, like when you think of that night what pops to your mind right away that night that changed your life forever i, I think it was a night to be honest i think i think it was like a, a curse it's been it's been a 
pretty seven years since. It was a fantastic 27 years leading to it, but a seven years since. Um, it's almost been a curse beating Vladimir Klitschko. Um, it was obviously an Everest climb and a heavyweight champion taken out, but it, it has its uh, pros and cons for sure. Wait a second. How could it be a seven years since? Your life... I mean, you've gotten everything you wanted. You you became infinitely more popular on top of the world, selling out stadiums. How could it be here since then? Um, you say I've got everything I ever wanted. Um, I never really wanted all the fame and all the shit that comes with being a champion. It wasn't what I was about. I've got everything I ever wanted by being Klitschko. Just getting that victory over him would have been a what? Is, is um, it takes over your life. You, you don't own your own life anymore. You can't go anywhere. You can't. You, you can't live a normal life. So it's not what I wanted, and it's not a great life. It, it's it sucks. It um, it's not good because you don't have your own life anymore. I'm stuck. I'm stuck where I have to be tortured by people wherever I go. I can't go out with my family. I can't just be a normal guy no more. I've got to be this heavyweight champion, heavyweight boxer who gets um, hassled wherever he is. So, yeah, it's not all what I wanted. I didn't really know what I was getting myself in for, to be fair. Um, I wanted the victory over Klitschko, but I didn't want what came with it. I just wanted the fight win. That's what I wanted. Wow, I mean, when you're looking at that clip, we're not just talking about, hey, there's this segment of people in football that get hit in the head a lot, and so this is why this is happening, right? We're not just, because we see the championships there. We're not just saying, oh, look, these basketball players, because of the depression. A lot of people have talked about that it's a very lonely life now in, in basketball, and you get to see that, but you're also seeing the gold medalist and the championship boxers, and I mean... Ken Griffey Jr., I had no idea that he ever had those thoughts. I was, I, I, as a kid, I wore my hat backwards because I was a catcher. He was the only guy out in the field, you noticed, that would that was known for having his hat backwards, you know? Uh, so so interesting. But you, you look at that and you see this guy was about to be drafted right before all that. And, you know, in all honesty, when I, when I see the Tyson Fury one, that one, it is so yeah. sad because what's sad is he knows the truth. In fact, Tyson Fury... Yeah. We just talked about, you know, on a pre on an earlier episode, just about witchcraft and stuff with some of the sports. Tyson Fury has been quoted, and I'm almost positive has seen they sold their souls for rock and roll yeah. because he said most of these artists follow a Lester, the yeah, Satanist. Like he's uh, talking about stuff, and that's before other people were doing it. What we've done, a hundred percent, yeah. And so I look at that and I say, man, then he knowing the truth. And guys, if you don't know Tyson Fury's background, and some I see people share it all the time, him doing a great job of expressing the gospel. But then there's also his cocaine problem. There's also his hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. There's also some weird prayer going on alongside the Jesus hats and and some of the stuff going on. And you see ultimately when he won, oh, Ariel Helwani, oh, this was the night that changed your life. And he's like, my whole life has been terrible since then. Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was going at high speed in his sports car and he was going to end it all. Uh, and then he felt that God intervened and gave him an opportunity, you know, pray for him, you know, I pray for all these guys that are alive, that they can still respond to God. Hopefully, you know, some go too far and they harden their hearts so much they'll never turn. But uh, we want to pray for everybody, uh, because my heart breaks for him and all these guys. Uh, and it, it is absolutely heartbreaking. We see some people when they come to Christ, they get transformed. Uh, if they come to Christ, then you have the living water, but we need to realize and you need to realize folks, and many of you do, but all of us need to realize uh, appreciate the reality that we're not talking again about them just being neutral. 
It's not like there's neutral darkness and light. No, there's either light or there's darkness. And and these guys have been immersed in darkness. I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, that was after winning his first few Super Bowls. He's still depressed and obviously hasn't been satisfied with his marriage in the past because look what just happened with him and him and his uh, ex, now ex-wife. Uh, another one, right? And these guys just keep gropping. Like it reminds me of a uh, Pac-Man, you know, just kind of, you got to keep going, but they're never satisfied. But, but Chad, there's a darkness there. And uh, even when some of these guys talk about being suicidal, is when you look at suicide in scripture, and we've studied this, man, you see throughout the Old and New Testament, demonic entities, it, it's, there's a real darkness that's palatable. King Saul, you know, I mean, he turned away, get away from God. That's Samuel rebuked him. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft to him. And he opened himself to, up to demonic entities and he became possessed and he was full of depression and suicide, right? Uh, same thing with uh, Judas, you know, Judas, Satan entered in him. He was so depressed and down. He committed a suicide. Uh, you see that these are, they're worshiping death in a way. If you hate the Lord, it says you worship death. So there is a death spirit there, bro. It's demonic. And you also see that with regard to Legion. What was Legion doing? He was possessed by Legion. They identify themselves as Legion, which is many. And it says when Jesus cast the demons out of many of these demons left, and he was cutting himself, man. That's where that, that spirit that's behind cutting, behind death and everything is the demonic entities. And then those spirits enter into the pigs and they run them off a cliff to death. So we're talking about death here, guys. There's a different spirit at work. And a lot of these people that are famous are famous because they've had help with demonic entities. We're not seeing every one of them. But yeah, the answer is only found in Jesus Christ. And Jesus, the Bible warns about not drinking from broken cisterns or broken wells that can't hold water. Jesus says, I give you living water. He says, come to me. And he says, I'll give you living water. And you'll have living water. He's talking about his Holy Spirit will, will flow from your innermost beings and flow out of you. Then you'll have the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the peace, the joy we talked about. Chad and I, we both knew what it meant to be depressed. We knew what, what it was like to worship death. I was going to paint my room black, man. I thought I was going to die young. It was a, under the curse of the Jays. Joe Shum, I was going to be one of those guys with the, the J name that died young. That's what I thought, man, before I came to Christ. Then when I came to Christ, full joy, man. My life's been filled with the joy of the Lord. Even when you go through hardships, you still have joy if you have Jesus, right, Chad? So we want to encourage you guys. We love you guys, man. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if one of these stars is listening, so-called stars, right? You know that, you know that the gig's up, man. You need Jesus, man, because you're going to stand before him one day anyway. You need to make sure you get right with him now while the getting right's possible. But if you do get right, if not only be forgiven for your sins, if you put your trust in him who died for your sins and rose again, but he'll also fill you with his spirit, make you a new creation and give you the love and the joy that you can only have in Christ Jesus. And we hope and pray that for you and anybody else who's listening. Amen. This has been Joe Schimmel and Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.